ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. I believe it's the creed of the postal carrier, neither rain nor sleet nor snow. Yes. It's also the creed of the social influencers. Yes, we've got some influencers uh, in the wild right out front here. i got to be honest, this is a first outside of the State Street Studios. She's got a seven-man team there. It can best be described right now at the corner of State Lake as a true wintry mix. Yeah. The dreaded wintry mix. It's like a little bit of snow, but it's mostly like wet it's like it's like it's, it's rain with like wet, heavy yeah. snow kind of yeah. mixed in. They would call that a sleet, and it's cold. Yeah, and there's an influencer with the Chicago theater in the background, and Yurko's right; she's got like a team of seven. Right. I mean, you, if you include the driver, absolutely. We've got five outside, all with umbrellas except one. Yeah, We've got the camera covered in plastic. I mean, that is a extensive camera. I wonder what they're doing. That's one of those cameras that doesn't allow bounce in it. You know what I'm saying? A, yeah, he's wearing a study, study cam. cam. Yeah, so that's, that's more than it. This an is influencer. more than just. What are they there. like? Are they filming a movie? What, I don't what's know. Happening? That's, not, no, that's looks... not a movie. What kind of movie is this? Well, well, I don't know. They got a fancy iPhone with a stabilizer on yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, this is Influencer in the Wild right now. Well, you guys recognize her? You Chicago guys are hip. Theater. Do you know who that is? Uh, I can't even see her. It, it looks like Malata. Come in here. Take a look. It at looks her. like Malata. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> is that Polly Cheesecake? joke, but Influencer is not an inside joke. Everybody that listens to our show knows it's Malata. Is that Kristen Cavallari? No, no, no. That's not. That was maybe for a second. Yeah. I, I just. I was surprised to see this scene happen. Like as we were going on the air, I'm like, wow, yeah. they're they're pressing on. I like a postal worker. I'm right. kind of they, impressed. They, they do not care. They need footage shot today. You got to feed the beast when it comes to content, guys. I guess feed the beast. Anyway, I, I digress. I Sorry. learned that in Transformers too. Feed the beast. Feed the beast, That's baby. you got to do. That's right. They were feeding the beast. She's dancing out front now. She's uh, shaking her moneymaker. I would love to know what she's they're talking things about. She's like, She's yelling and pointing at the camera. She's super into it. Yeah. Like, what, she, well, she's got to be into it. What's the report that's happening here? I don't I'm know. I'm dying to I know. I do not know what kind Speaking of Speaking of feeding is. the beast, Yerko. Donovan Edwards, who scored the touchdown in the first possession, back in the game. And he's loose again. Edwards, off and running. Welcome back, Donovan Edwards. 46 yards. I want to tackle Donovan Edwards. A very crafty play calls down here. And Seve just handed this time to Cora. Steps back. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown, Michigan. It was an impressive display by the Michigan Wolverines last night. It was impressive a week ago, Monday. And we talked about that. It was impressive early, lackluster, impressive late. Is Um, that a good way to describe it? Their defense was pretty impressive well, throughout, I think throughout. Yeah, but when they got it to seventeen to thirteen, yeah, and then Michigan was lulling in the offense. They kept getting off the field. You know, they taken off the field on third down. They couldn't convert for a while there, and then all of a sudden they started to stretch their legs again, and they gave the distance that they needed. That game was never yeah. really as close 
as the score indicated, was it? Well, it seven, didn't feel like it to me. Yeah, I mean, what was it at half? Seventeen ten. Yeah, did that 17, feel 10. like a even? Look, York, even like Whether midway it did or through it didn't, it the was third there. quarter. Yeah, it was seventeen thirteen. It was at twenty one point, to thirteen, it? right? Okay, at one twenty point. to thirteen. Yeah, did it ever really feel like that close to me? It did it. And were I the Bears, Washington. Were the, I was were the Bears closer to Green Bay, or was Washington closer to uh, the Michigan Wolverines? I, that's a great. And I think they're very similar, and I would say. The Bears were closer to Green okay. Bay. And that never felt particularly close, right? I, I agree. That I agree I, with. I just thought Michigan was clearly the better team, and yes. I was impressed. And I gave some bouquets to Jim Harbaugh. Did you give any staff. bouquets to Penix? No, he had a tough game. I mean, I love the kid tough all year. Game, we yeah. sung his praises. He really had a tough oh, game. He, but Dunze, he, he kept missing open uh, receivers. Uh, Dunze tried to wear the one on the fourth down there in the first half. Yeah. You know, he said that was on him. What did you think? You and Waddle seem to have a pretty good eye for knowing who's that on. Like, when Adunze, when the ball was that towards the sideline instead of maybe towards the hash, where Adunze looked like well, would have had a walk-in touchdown. Adunze said it was on him. Okay, but that's fine, and I'll, I'll agree with him. He got rerouted to the inside. He, you saw that. He did. He got rerouted to the inside. It's incumbent upon him then to get with as he's running to get away from the safety that's coming over in coverage. That's why the ball was thrown where it was. He's got to keep it away from that safety. Mm. I thought he may have overdone it a little and then overthrew it a little bit. It looked like a miss right. to me by Panix, yeah. but he had a rough game. Like he, As good as he's been, it was a rough Because look. he didn't get with, he had to kind of turn around. He had to do like a center field flip. Yes. And as he was doing that, he, you know, it just didn't happen it for didn't him. Happen. He slowed down, then the ball looked like it was overthrown. Yes. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of overthrows. I'll blame. Yes, I think there were a lot of overthrows. And we've really liked Michael Penix this year. Both even the Washington games that you watched and the footage you saw, you liked Penix. And I'm talking about going back to November. And I know, but it just it was a rough one last night for Washington. And I always say one game doesn't make or break you. That's true. Nobody that's been scouting this guy for the better part of two years is going to say, "Oh, because of this performance, all of a sudden he's garbage." That won't happen. They've got a grade on him. They've been looking at him for two years. They've got a feeling of what he is and what he's about. Uh, they won't uh, let yesterday's game kind of affect them as they move forward. It's just part of the analysis as you move forward. Right. Yeah. Same thing with J.J. McCarthy. Same with J.J. I was going to say. Yeah, whatever J.J. McCarthy, what people thought about him before they came into the game, I think is the same thing they'll be thinking about him as they move forward. Uh, I'm happy for J.J. McCarthy. I mean, uh, Grange Local Park kid. kid. Yeah. Local kid. You know, know a lot of people that know his family, and they, they sing the praises of the family. I met J.J. for about four minutes once. When I want to say he was a sophomore or a junior, it was pre-COVID, Yerk, so it must have been his sophomore year at NAS. Yeah, I'd be guessing that's what it was. I met him in an LT camp, and yeah. he was out there with like 300 kids. That'd be 2018, 2019, that's then what you're it talking about like. that area. Yeah, and he was because super cool COVID with all the kids. Year, when Pritzker shut down the state he left. And, sh- and said there will be no football, that's when he took off to Florida and he, he went to IMG left. Academy. Yeah. Yes. So I was only around him that one time for a few minutes. Super affable. Super cool with the kids at that camp that day. Watched uh, him interact uh, with the kids for a long time. An- another local product out of Maryville, Indiana. Number 98 for the Michigan Wolverines. The defensive lineman, Grant, got is his hands right? on a ball, got a sack. Boy, He's a sophomore. I'll tell you. The big fellow that he is. He's a Maryville Pirate. Did you know that? I did not. Well, I'm telling you. I'm watching that game last night. You were the one who alerted me that Chris Jenkins' kid is playing at Michigan. Yes. Then uh, Mark Bruner's kid's in the game. Well, did you know that? The big tight end? Yes. Mark Bruner like, from the Pittsburgh I'm like, Steelers? Damn, Mark Bruner's early, kid? Early 90s, I believe, throughout the 90s. There. I don't know. To, to, to me, it doesn't seem like Mark Bruner was playing that long ago. Or Chris Jenkins. Like, well, Mark Bruner played when I played. I guess. And my son's 27. That's crazy. And I got 25, and I've got a daughter who's 19. So 
Is that the wheelhouse for 55, 56-year-old people? It made me feel so old. Mark Bruner's last year was stretched all the way to 08, York. He played yeah. 95 to 08. Yeah. And you used to always talk about how good of a blocking tight end Mark tight. Bruner Look at was. How many catches Mark Bruner have in his career? Go ahead. How many catches Mark Bruner? 95 to 208. That's 14 seasons. 152. 152 catches in 14 seasons. What does that mean? He was catching 10 balls a year, right? He was catching 10 balls a year. 10 on yeah. average. Some he probably had a high of 20, 20 and change early in his career. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. 26 was his high. He was a blocking tight end. And may I add the best blocking tight end of all time. For those who don't know, talk to the bus. Yeah. Talk to Jerome Bettis. Talk to Bill Cower and ask who set the corner on all those runs they had. It was Mark Bruner. And when they say, you know, you shouldn't have Taylor blocking a, against defensive line, Mark Bruner could block anybody. And it didn't make a difference. It was crazy to see his kid in the game and Chris yeah. Jenkins' kid in the game. But that's and... how good Mark Bruner was for people yeah. who don't know. Yeah. They just look at stats well, and don't forever. know. Yeah, he the best great. blocking tight end of all time. Um, and Why that, is that... he not in the Hall of Fame? Wow. He's the best at what he did. Why? Well, come on, what? What? Here we go. No, come on. Here he goes, you guys. And when you mention the Devin Hester, when you mention Devin Hester, I'm going to say, oh, come on. Mm. Well, I'm going to do the same thing you just did to me. First of he all. He was the best at the position at what he did. The number one blocking tight end of all time, Mark Bruner, period. Some positions just Hands aren't as down. sexy, Yerk. Why? I guess that's the problem. Well, I agree because uh, the return guy doesn't play nearly as much as the tight end but does. But it's sexier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, in, I don't in, know what in sexier a weird way. means. Oh, you know what it means. I mean, if I saw a what woman naked, on? she would be a sexy woman. Doesn't matter what she looks on, well, looks like. But some are sexier than yeah, others. Uh-huh. Let's face Look it. Look at you. All of a sudden, you're the judge, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, what? You've never judged? I mean, uh, you know, some, are, some positions are just sexier than others. Don't judge but lest he be judged. It was very good, your okay. Thank you for quoting Something wrong. Yeah, something wrongly. Thank you I for bro- quoting. I butchered that quote, by the way. I couldn't attribute that to that anybody. Ecclesiastics, Yurko? Who is that? I don't, know. I, I don't, I don't know. It could be Polynesians. But, um, I, I think it could be Polynesians. I thought. It's not even a book in the Bible. As, as Mark Brunel used to tell I us, thought, that's from the Book of Opinions. <laughs> I thought uh, the Michigan D was exceptional these last two weeks. I mean, exceptional. And listen, it had been all year. Yeah. We did question it a lot. Like, ah, man, they really haven't played anybody. But when they had to rise up and play better teams, I don't know what the hell to really think of Penn State. They couldn't win a big game if they tried. But, right. Like, Penn State's a pretty good football team. Ohio State's a pretty good football team. Alabama's a good team. I think Washington's a good team. Yeah. When they had to step up, Yerk, and play great defense, they really did. I tip my cap. Now you get into, like, okay, is Harbaugh jumping? You know, in the immediate aftermath, he didn't give anybody a big FU, not the NCAA or the Big Ten or anybody else. Like, he's talking about his focus is spring football in Ann Arbor. I don't know if I totally buy that just yet, but we'll see in the next, what would you say, week or so? I mean, if he's going to the NFL, doesn't yeah, it happen in the next out. week? I think you'll find out within 10 days. Okay. By the next weekend, you'll know exactly where he is or he isn't going to be. A lot of buzz about the Raiders because of the Brady connection. You know, remember, now they might keep Pierce. Uh, Davis might be a little scarred from the last time when he didn't keep the interim guy. They wanted, you know, the players all wanted Rich Basaccia retained. We wanted Rich Basaccia retained because he's so damn entertaining. Yes. So good to look at on the sidelines. Here I go again, judging. Uh, They didn't retain Rich Basaccia, and it's been another disaster for... Mark Davis, so they're like, does he listen to his players this time? Does he keep Antonio Pierce? 
I don't know. Is the Brady connection and like the allure to Harbaugh too strong? And does Harbaugh go to Vegas? Are the Bears in at all? Does anybody think the Bears are in? Has there been any real buzz to indicate that the Bears are in? Don't we always say where there's smoke, there's fire, Yerk? Do we do we see, smell any smoke whatsoever? I mean, like, is there anything here on Bears and Harbaugh? I don't see anything uh, yet. It doesn't appear to be? I don't see. You know, we always ask who the coaches are there. Who The, the Carolina Panthers have released their list of nine that they want to interview. Yeah. Can I tell you who they are? Absolutely. Uh, Lions offense coordinator Ben Johnson. Of course. Makes sense. Everybody's getting interviewed. Texans OC offense coordinator Bobby Slowick. Yep. Uh, Bengals offense coordinator Brian Callahan. Makes sense. Uh, defense coordinator for the Cowboys, Dan Quinn. And he's a coach in the past. Former coach. coach. Yep. Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDonald. That kid's getting a lot of look, Yerk. Dolphins look. offensive coordinator Frank Smith. Rams defense coordinator Raheem Morris. Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. And Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canellis. So those are your names. That's a big list. There's your nine names that are out there right now as the coordinators that are here that might be interviewed for, uh, dare I say, the the name Jim Harbaugh is sexier than a lot of those names that I read there. Yeah. They are sexier. I think Harbaugh is probably the sexiest outside of Ben Johnson. A lot of people might say he's sexier because he's got a more he's got a proven track record. Yeah, Ben Johnson does not. I think Ben Johnson is a pretty intriguing candidate. And that's if I'm making a coaching change, that's who I'd want to hire. I'm intrigued. The thing that has always scared me about Harbaugh at the NFL level is like, are you in some sort of window? Yeah, I guess we always talk about windows, but do you only have four years before he tries a power play on your GM and then it all blows up and it goes to smithereens like it did in San Francisco? Why does a coach who had so much success those first three years in San Francisco completely flame out in that fourth year and get fired? Like, it's a little scary. But Harbaugh is... Listen, as much as I might think Ben Johnson's an intriguing candidate, I mean, I guess it'd be silly to argue that anybody's sexier than Harbaugh right now. Right? No, he's he's the he's sexiest the sec- like he's, yeah, yeah, here we go again with the who's sexy and he's who's not. He's the bell like, of the ball. He's the bell of he's the ball. He's the bell of the ball. That's, That's what he is right there. The best way to put it. Yeah. He the, is the bell of the ball. The bell of the ball. But I want to at least, because we always say who are the candidates, and we I, I can come up with, like, uh, Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. After that. Well, Mike, uh, McDan- uh, Mike yeah. McDonald. Yes. You got to be careful. Not Mike McDaniel. Mike McDonald, I think, is going to be very intriguing for some teams. Even though he's a defensive guy, doesn't mean you can't, right? We always say that. Like, I would, if I'm an owner, I think I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards offense, but it doesn't mean you can't. And I think he's the super intriguing one, kind of with those other ones that you talked about. But Harbaugh is clearly the bell of the ball right now. I don't know how many NFL teams are going to kick the tires on him, to be honest. And other than the Raider connection, and maybe a little bit in L.A. with the Chargers, have we, I don't know, is there like, there doesn't, and then the he Bears. can be very particular, too. Right. There doesn't appear to be a ton of buzz well, in a lot of other stops. I mean, but. remember now, he didn't have an agent before. He just hired an agent. That's interesting. Robert yeah. Breer said with Cap and Jay Hood, Should we like, play that? no, 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 no. Oh, this okay, is like months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. When okay, Harbaugh, I think when he got suspended and we were talking about him leaving and everything, and he was talking about how he appreciates like the history and the quote chair. Right. And that, you know, the Bo Schembechler chair and he filled it, you know, and now he's won a national championship and how he would appreciate the history of the Bears and 
coaching in the same, you know, obviously not in the same office. They've remodeled and that kind of stuff. But he played but for Ditka. He played for Ditka. He yeah. would become the yeah. coach and what he could do if he brought a championship to Chicago because he yeah. appreciates the history of the Bears and would look at that job as a higher, you know, category than the others. This is before, you know, the rumors of the Chargers and the Raiders and all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. So uh, what do you think, Bears fans? You strike now while, uh, you know, he's at his absolute peak. And, I mean, he's the hottest guy out there. 312-332-3776. I don't, I don't get the sense that the Bears are making a change at head coach, but who knows? Something can change still, yeah. I guess, in the next 24, 48 hours. At some point, we're going to get a press conference where well, the Bears are going to tell I'll us. I'll promise you this. Uh, there's no change. Uh, there will be no change for, like, Ben Johnson or for this or that. I think the only change would be that would for, be made would be for Jim Harbaugh. For Harbaugh? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Does Vrabel enter that conversation now? That's a fair question. Uh, Mike, I'm a in, fan in, of Vrabel. In case you're just joining us, Mike Vrabel has been relieved of his duties in Tennessee. Three, uh, I was four straight winning campaigns to start, missed the playoffs, and was below 500 each of the last two years. They could never really get the quarterback thing right. Nope. They probably overpaid Tannehill because they felt like they had to. They traded away A.J. Brown. They did. And I think that caused a little bit of an issue, and that general manager was fired. That, he was. Chris, that's a good question. I don't know that he does. I think Yurko's probably right. I think if they're changing, if they're doing this, it's for Harbaugh and Harbaugh only. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people think Vrabel's going to somehow end up in New England anyway. Like, if they are headed towards a split in Foxborough, that he's headed there. Or I guess, who else is on Belichick's staff? That they, is Gerard Mayo on his staff? I believe he is that they've been talking about, right? Because Gerard Mayo played there, and I'm almost positive. Let me double-check that. I think he is. Uh, is anything- yeah, he's, he is. He's on Belichick's staff. Uh, he has been the linebackers coach with Belichick since 2019, Yerk. Well, they play good defense. Their problem is oh, the they offense. they still do. They yeah. still totally they, do. They play great defense. Yeah. Joe Judge is there. Yeah, but that's you're not going down there. Bill O'Brien again, right? is there. I understand. I'm just uh, offering you who's there. I've heard uh, I've heard Mayo's son name is there. cantied about. Yeah, his son is there. Two Net- of those sons, right? Nepotiz. Nepotiz at its uh, finest. Nothing like nepotism. Like two of the sons are there. Um, all right, so Harbaugh, Bears, like, is it is it possible? Would you do it? Sexiest guy out there right now. Like Yurko said, he's the bell of the ball. I get a little tired of the uh, all they've overcome, you know. Like, maybe the players. You kind of brought it on yourself when you overcame. Like, okay. You were suspended twice. I mean, like, what, am I supposed to feel bad for, you know, like, boy, all you've overcome, Jim. You've overcome a lot. Well, yeah, you got suspended. You did that. Harbaugh, you say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, and what's the family uh, saying? How long we got to hear that? Oh, yeah. Who's got it better than we do? Aren't they, no one. Aren't they nobody. Just, aren't they just lifting that from Marv Levy? I mean, I don't. Basically, know. Marv's thing was, where else would you rather be but yeah. right here, right now? You're basically just lifting it from Marv Levy. And, and okay, and, and that's fine. I mean, is that what Marv Levy did in front of his team or at the dinner well, table? That was is what, that he, what did, he did, right? That was Marv's thing before every game, wasn't it? Like he named his book that, and he. I thought Marv's thing before all the games was. Did he do where, it at the dinner table? That's where they did it. They did it at, the, know, dinner did it at the dinner table. It would be funny if Marv was like sitting down with the family. Yeah. Where else would you rather be but right here, right now? 
That would be pretty good. Chase is on the south side. What's up, Chase? Hey. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you guys doing? We're good, brother. What's up? Hey, so, Carm, I did some horror glass because I know you're the big stat man, right? Let's hear it. What'd you do? All right. So, I was wondering, I figured out why the Bears have been dominated by the Packers over the last 30 years, right? And I think here's where it is, right? So, since 1994, which is when the dominance started, which is yeah. 30 years ago. Yep. Okay, so Rodgers, this is between Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and you include Jordan Love in this equation. You know how many quarterbacks that have faced against Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and Aaron, um, Brett Favre in the last three in the last three years the Bears have faced? How, how many the Bears? How many quarterbacks the Bears have had in that time span? The Bears have faced against Green Bay, meaning oh. Bears versus Packers oh. in the, like each of those games. Got you. So, of the last thirty years, the Bears have had eighteen quarterbacks yeah. faced against Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. And Jordan Love in those eight in those thirty years, and you're talking about like sixty some games. Yeah, you've had eighteen different quarterbacks, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about Eric Kramer, Steve Walsh, Dave Craig, Steve Stentrum, Rick, uh, 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 Chad Hutchinson, Rick Meyer. Uh, uh, no, no, and I'm just oh, saying, like, you, you know, all these quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, the Bears face Kate McNown, yep. Shane Matthews. You know, Jim yeah. Miller, uh, Cordell Stewart. You know, Rex yeah. Grossman, yeah. Kyle Lord. You know, uh, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown. You know. You know these quarterbacks. I mean, we wonder why the Packers have dominated us. That answer question. If you want, and if you want me to talk about the coaches, you're going to vomit even more. If you talk about the coaches' records against the Bears, which includes your favorite coach, Mike McCarthy, record against the Bears. I know. I don't even I mean, want to think just, about it. Just, it just explains. I mean, you look at it. Look at the court. I mean, I'm just using an example. Look at the quarterback. Look of at the course. coaches. Yes. Wonder yeah. why the Bears have been dominated by the Packers. Look at the quarterback. Look at the coaches. Yeah, I don't think you question. have to go any further than the quarterbacks. Chase, thanks. I, yeah, you went. You've they they've had for thirty years. They had they went back to back. You know, probably top ten or twelve quarterbacks of all time. You're going to be in a favorable position, especially when the franchise you're beating up on has never had a franchise quarterback. You're going to be in a very favorable position. Matt Lafleur. You know, I hear. Uh, you, you wander the halls here. You'll hear a lot about how awful Matt Lafleur is. Matt LaFleur has a 675 winning percentage. He's got a, a, lot, a little of this is skewed because of his dominance against the Bears. You want to know what Matt LaFleur's record is against the division? 22-8. and eight. That's pretty good. That's a 733 winning percentage against the division. Matt Eberflus's is 167. Since 2019, when LaFleur arrived in Green Bay... The Bears have won just a third of their games against the division. This guy's won nearly 74% of his games. The Bears have won a third of their games against the division. It's no secret. And the quarterback plays a large reason why. And unfortunately, their quarterback outplayed the Bears quarterback in two more contests this year. And the Packers won them both. That's what happened. Well, I don't blame you for what happened in uh, 2022. Okay, uh, I, was, I, I don't. So he's I two and four. Him. In my right. mind's eye, he's two and four. You got an organization that wanted to lose last year, and they did, and they got what they got. They got a right tackle. They got a receiver that's a stud. They got the number one pick this year. So I'm not sad at all for whatever happened there. I understand. Listen, Lafleur doesn't need to be compared to Matt Eberflus. Lafleur has been in Green Bay. Lafleur has won games. I'm not. Uh, I'm not comparing the two right now. The the guy that's here. Didn't inherit a wonderful situation, and they were tearing it all down when he got here. Lafleur was not handling a situation that was being torn down when he got there. 
He got a pissed off Aaron Rodgers, which was probably a which good Aaron Rodgers. Which was a good Rogers. thing, and it was another MVP season the first year he was there. Yeah, was okay. it, was it the second and third year, I think, I right? Think so. Yeah, something like that. It's not yeah. apples to apples. Yeah. It's a, it, I, I would offer that yeah. it's an unfair comparison if one wants to go ahead and go about the business of doing it that way. Unfair, unfortunately. But uh, I judge Eberflus for what he did this year, and part of that is the collapses. Part of that is the, the pitiful 0-4 start. Yeah. You know, part of that is a grotesque inability to get that offense to do anything. But the one piece of credit he does give, he turned what was an awful defense into somewhat of a competitive defense. Now, with, if, if nobody, if, if people say, well, uh, no, he did. That's it. All the metrics would prove yeah. that this defense was substantially better than it was last year, period. Yeah. Period. Now. Does that mean it ranks up there with the premier defenses in the league? No, probably not. But at least you're heading in the right direction. John's in Barrington. Hey, John. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, I, I think if Ryan Poles is really uh, the – well, I think he will become the excellent GM if he were to take Harbaugh and Everflus into a room, see if they can agree – Forever Floosh to become the D.C. since they're going to have to pay him anyway if they get rid of him. Uh, and that seems to be what his talent is. I was not happy when he chose not to kick the two field goals against Cleveland that allowed them to win that game. And that's one of the reasons I don't think he should remain as head coach. But, uh, you know, we kind of have a chance to reprise Ryan and Ditka if Harbaugh comes in as the head coach. And if ever Felus wants to stay, great. If he doesn't, then get somebody new. But I think, uh, you know, they didn't take, was it Arians, when we had a chance to take him? I, I think we need to get, you know, the best head coach we can at this stage. It, well, yeah. If you're, you're going to do that, you're just... I think you're cleaning the entire thing out and you're letting Harbaugh pick his coaches, John. I, I can't ever remember a scenario, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened. Maybe Yurko knows. I can't remember a scenario when in, in recent hired, NFL right. history. When Ditka got hired, they said, Buddy Ryan's your defense coordinator, and he agreed to it. No, no, I was going to say where a head coach right. said, yeah. oh, okay, bring in a different head coach and yeah. I'll be the coordinator. I, I've never heard of that. Again, yeah. maybe it's happened. In recent NFL history, I, I can't imagine. I yeah. It's if I'm Eberflus, I'm taking the what's left on my contract. Yes, and I'm relaxing, and I'm going to find my ideal job. Yes, sign a four year contract, make the first two years worth very little, and make the third and fourth year a lot to make the Bears pay the crux of what he's owed yeah. over the next two years. That sounds about right. Uh, if they're going to change, Eddie's on the north side. Hey, Eddie. Hey, good afternoon. So there's no other option. Harbaugh's got to be the one. But but the question is, can he coexist with Paul? I don't know. I mean, good question. It doesn't matter about the quarterback. Forget about it. Because if he wants a new quarterback and and about bringing coaches that are there and agreeing with them, he's got to pick his own coaches. That, yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, Harbaugh if he comes in. He's going to pick his offensive, his defensive, and his quarterback. But I think the only question is, is Warren has to sit down and not go opposite and like we did before. Get a quarterback. Get a coach. Get a to get uh, uh, polls and then get the CEO, you got to start it off. Uh, Warren's there. He, he's a great, smart guy. Now go down the line, and if Harbaugh's the guy and he wants full control, 
Well, then Poles is out of there, too. Uh, that's, that's the way I think of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, he'd, you'd obviously let him bring in his guys. Uh, Eddie, thanks. It'd be uh, crazy, right? They hire Harbaugh. They decide to keep Justin, and he brings Greg Roman in. And everybody wants Fields to be like Lamar and, you know, tailor the offense. I mean, Greg Roman, he he did that quite successfully for a while. Now, they made a change. They felt like after last season, John, brother John, felt like this isn't working anymore. And they made a change. They they relieved. I don't know if Greg Roman was on a contract or how they handled that last year, York. I'm not sure. If they said this is just a parting of the ways or he's fired, I honestly, I just don't remember. I'd have to look. But they changed. They brought Todd Munkin in. But Greg Roman was the original sort of architect of that offense. Right. And, of course, uh, Greg Roman was uh, Jim's OC in uh, San Francisco. So there's a connection there, you know, and wouldn't that be something? I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's happening. That's not to say that it won't in the next 24 hours. But I, I feel like there'd be more buzz about it. Like, hey, I feel like the Schefters of the world and things like that. And Somebody would have the, a feeling of this. Yes, yes, that like the Bears are just talking about Jamar, but the Bears are thinking about making a change. I haven't heard any of that, really. Either have I. I haven't. I mean, I'm sitting there trying to find stuff. I was almost going to call a buddy of mine who's on the coaching staff at Ohio State to see what they're hearing. If there's a little buzz in the yeah. air. What do you think, Bears fans? 312-332-3776. We do have stuff from the pundits and experts about what the Bears should do with the top pick. We'll play some of that sound for you. We've got some stuff from Mel Kuyper. We've got Albert Breer, who was on the station earlier, as he always is on Tuesdays with Cap and Hoodie. We want to replay for you some stuff from Daniel Jeremiah on the NFL Network. Everybody talking Bears again. Second straight you know, winter into spring where the Bears control the board with one and nine. Three one two three three two ESPN. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Another coach fired in the NFL today was Mike Vrabel. Still waiting on word from the Bears and what the direction is going to be. A lot of people assuming. That most of the coaching staff will be back intact. Maybe Luke Getze is the sacrificial lamb. At some point here in the next uh, handful of days, the Bears uh, are required by the NFL to hold their end-of-season press conference. So we should get some answers soon. This was Harbaugh last night talking with SVP after the Michigan win. It's only three or four days ago. We're gonna we're moving spring practice back. We usually we usually start on Valentine's Day, okay. February 14th, because we love football. Um, but this year we're going to move it back. We're going to move it back about a month. Uh, that'll be good, too. We'll have uh, some nice weather in the spring in Ann Arbor. Okay. So you're thinking about the spring in Ann Arbor. All right. It's a very Jim Harbaugh thing. Like, we start on Valentine's Day because we love football. It's well, very Jim usually, Harbaugh. Usually that's winter workouts. Winter workouts? So winter workouts take place before spring, uh, you know, spring ball. That makes sense. Right. So, I mean, the winter workouts are sometimes early in the morning, 6 a.m. They get out, and it's one hour straight of just brutal drills. You, you find go. out who wants to play, who doesn't uh, want to play when you go through that. I mean, it was uh, it was a nightmare. Happened at Lance's, uh, Lance's gym. We had an indoor track at Eastern Illinois. You had to be there at 6 a.m., dressed, ready to rock, and then it started, man. Bear claws, oh. all types of where crab burpees, bear crab crawls where you're crawling oh, back. Oh yeah, they're all type, it, It's it's there to brutal. condition, overall conditioning everything, and you finish with like uh, 200 yard sprints. Wow. 
around the track, the indoor track 220. You went from straightaway curve, straightaway, and then you walked back to the thing, and, and there it was again. again, same thing. And it was one hour straight of just hell. Yeah. Hey, well, we didn't out, like you said. Right, Harbaugh's talking about spring ball. Who knew that doesn't mean he won't jump to the NFL. He's flirted with it each of the last couple of years. It just hasn't materialized. What happens come the spring or the summer or the early fall next year with the suspension? Right, that's still hanging over Harbaugh in Michigan. I would think, like we said, next week, 10 days. You know, because teams do want to kind of have an idea. Before you know it, look, the Senior Bowl's like in three weeks already, you know? I mean, you want to start lining up your offseason and have your coaching staff in place if you can. So sure. I, I, don't, I wouldn't expect this to really drag out. You can't afford to do that in the NFL with the way the schedule is laid out. I think the Combine, they've moved back a little bit later in the last few years, right? I, don't, I think it starts March 2nd this year or something like that. Yeah, it used the to be NFL in the Combine. Middle. It used yeah. to be... Uh, End of February. As the season's gotten longer, you know, that, that gets stretched out a little bit later. I believe the Combine states, uh, starts late Feb, early March in Indy, so you got a little time there. But I wouldn't ex- expect this to, to stretch out too much longer. Cody's in South Bend with Carmen and New York. Hey, Cody. Hey, guys. I had a couple of, like, questions and points. Um, if we do draft a quarterback, I'd just rather watch the slate clean so we don't have – so we don't fire – a coach and then hire a coach, and then that coach doesn't like the, co- uh, the quarterback that we just drafted. And I'm not sure if you guys believe in curses or not, but you know the Jimmy Johnson and Dallas Cowboys drama, right? And how they didn't um, uh, do like a celebrate Jimmy Johnson. Well, I think the way we did Lovey Smith, that we have a curse that somehow Lovey Smith didn't need to be fired, but yet. Somehow we just every coach we get. It's just well, I think the curse garbage. extends uh, well be uh, well, well before Lovey's time though, doesn't it? I mean, well, well, this yeah. franchise has been cursed a lot longer than just us and when Lovey got here. A Lovey Smith curse? I don't believe too much in curses, Cody. I certainly don't believe in a Lovey Smith curse. Anything February twenty seventh to March fourth. There you go for the combine Thank this you. year. You want to hear uh, Albert Breer with Cap and Hoodie talk about Caleb Williams? Sure, why not? This is uh, Albert Breer's little exchange with the guys this morning. And uh, Albert was talking about Caleb still at the top of many of the draft boards. Caleb coming into the year was seen as a once in every five or ten years type of prospect. Is he still that guy? He had nothing down the year. And I think like a lot of teams are going to have to fix for the personality stuff. And that's not saying he's a bad kid or anything like that. But there's a lot around him. Um, you know, you're going to have to dig into his family, his dad. You know, his dad's been a big part of everything. And I know that there's perception out there among NFL teams that a lot of the stuff that you see that you might have concerns about is actually his dad and not him. Um, there's a lot of stuff for NFL teams to dig through on that. But, I mean, the one thing he has going for him is everyone in that USC program loves him. And that makes you think, like, like Mahomes. So that comparison's come up a lot, right? So I had somebody from the Chiefs organization once tell me that they thought Mahomes' greatest accomplishment is how normal a person he is because of everything that's around him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's just got a lot going on around him. And I think, like, with Caleb, you sort of look at some of these things, too. It's like, okay, like, maybe he has some things around him going on that make you a little nervous, but he's always been sort of able to cut through that and, and, and play good football and be really well-liked in every program he's been in. All right, so here's a follow-up on Caleb Williams being liked in the locker room. Here's Albert Breer. Like, honestly, um, I know some guys in that staff pretty well that I trust hmm? who really like him, you know. And so, I mean, look, like, 
you know, again, there's a lot going on around him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's the thing is like, um, you know, he's had like a very different college experience, you know, going to Oklahoma, starting as a true freshman, transferring after his freshman year because his coach left. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's, there, there's stuff that you have to dig into, no question. But, like, the people I've talked to say he's very, very well-liked in that program. I've talked to scouts that have gone through there that say he's well-liked in that program. And, um, and look, like, you know, I'm, I'm not – this is a massive decision for the Bears. It'll be a massive decision for the Commanders at number two and the Patriots at number three. You have three teams that need quarterbacks right there at the top of the order. Um, so you're going to have to dig into all of that. Uh, but, you know, in the end, I think, you know, you, you, you see a player in Caleb Williams who's well-liked by people around him, who's a great competitor, who's tough, um, and who I think is the sort of quarterback you can, you're absolutely going to be able to build around in the NFL. Resident USC expert Chris Black. Rebuttal? No. You like what you hear? I love it. He likes what you he hear hears. some of the same things. as he liked? Is he well-liked? Um. I, maybe. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't have sources within the program. I know Bruce Feldman wrote that article on The Athletic mm-hmm. uh, talking about the like downfall of USC season. And he had quotes from other Pac-12 coaches suggesting that USC for home games showed up like a bunch of AAU kids. Mm-hmm. And that because they were allowed to pick whatever they want to wear as they entered the stadium at home, that it turned into a fashion show. And that many coaches thought the moment they saw certain players walk into the stadium, they knew that they won that day Hmm. because all they cared about were the fashion choices and the fancy handbags that they would carry into the stadium. And you can pretty much figure out who they're talking about with that because Caleb had a uh, runway fashion show for every single home game. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think opposing coaches saw that crap and thought, like, yeah, this kid cares way more about stuff that's not football than actual football. So, And that was in The Athletic. That was yeah. uh, right after the season. Bruce Feldman had a really long column about, like, what re- went wrong at, with Lincoln Riley and USC. Ooh. And it didn't happen for the road games because they have to wear team apparel for road, right. road games. So, right. hmm. I don't know. I mean, do, do, do other... I don't know the answer. Do other colleges have strict regulations on what their players can wear to well, their home games? I mean, we used to have, we uh, when I was in college, to home games. But it was Eastern Illinois. It was nothing. But my brother, when he played at Notre Dame, um, they had to wear a suit. I get That's, that. They had yeah, to wear, Alabama wear suits yeah. for their walk into the stadium they, they at home. They do. They wear suits. Yep, suits yeah, I, I think the point that the column is making is that other teams were were witnessing this and just seeing a bunch of individuals who are not yeah. a part of a team yeah. that, you know, maybe that says more about Lincoln Riley's program than it says the individual, but uh, I think it's very obvious who they were talking about. Yeah, though. I guess so. This is the hard part about evaluating these guys, and especially when it's such an important decision, like, the, you know, what's upstairs and the character and, you know, what kind of a leader can he be? What kind of a competitor can he be? Mike's on I-57 on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Good, man. How are you? Good. I'm a uh, LT graduate, so I'm a big fan of uh, Casey's Meat Market over there, too, my oh, man. Oh, the best. The best. The best. Quick question. Yes. So, outside of all the numbers and all, and all the stuff that, that kind of clouds everybody's decisions, I'm curious, how much will it affect them looking at kind of like the hindsight, having the fear of hindsight after the decision they make if they choose to keep field? 
um, if they look back and they said, man, you know, we we had two years in a row with the number one pick there, and, and we didn't take a quarterback. Right. And, you know, now you've got C.J. Stroud tearing it up, who, you know, you may or may not have taken him. But, I mean, a, a class like this year, it'll be hard to move past that. How much do you think that that weighs in their head? Or do you think they look past it and, and they just trust their uh, their process that they've formed? That I appreciate a, it, guys. Thanks, Thank you. Mike. It is a very, I think, appropriate question. And I've wondered the same thing. And maybe Ryan Poles and maybe every GM in his position needs to block it out and just evaluate. Part of me thinks that would be hard to do. And more importantly, when will this organization finally put it all together and pick the right quarterback is what I want to know. Where did your process fail you last year when you scouted C.J. Stroud and said, "Mm, nope. Where did it fail you? Now, you have a different regime. You have the same organization, but you have a different regime. Where did your process fail you when you said, oh, Mitch Trubisky will be better than Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? Where did it fail you? Now, Ryan Pace appeared to go a little rogue on that one, Yurk, so I guess that's where that right. whole thing and, broke down. I mean, down. that one's so long ago. Uh, I but, mean, last year's example is the the one that's uh, Yeah, relevant. like where did it yeah. fail you? Where did it break down? And how do you correct it? Why did you decide not to go quarterback last year? What made you look at C.J. Stroud and go, no, he's not it, well, when they, it sure I, looks like he's I, it? I don't think that's what it was. I don't think they looked at any of the quarterbacks that said they're not it. I think they looked at their guy with the year that he was having and they're hoping for continued development to be able to say, this is our guy, and we've got so many needs. Mm. We've got so much that we need that maybe we ought to make a move and go get more parts. We need more. We need a receiver. We need this. So they ended up getting what's going to end up being three choices, if not four or five choices with that one pick. Could be. But, but that being said, if they had stayed at number one, they would have taken Bryce Young. You know that as well as I do. I know. That's what such There's a, no way in hell they would have said C.J. Stroud. Such a kick in the ball. Let's not even pretend like the Bears would have said C.J. Stroud. It's crazy. It would have been Bryce Young. It's crazy. Okay, so let's not pretend. More of your phone calls coming up. 312-332-3776. We've got some other interesting sound to play. Uh, really, Bears and Caleb Williams centric for you. Mel Kuyper's thoughts on get up. Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network will do that. Once we get after, uh, you know, uh, the top of the hour here at 1. Plenty of time for your phone calls today. We'll cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie at 2. Black and Abdallah on tonight, 6 until 8. So lots of local programming where we're talking Bears and NFL. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Court behind Bredesen. He's got it. Michigan barrels in. And the maze in blue on the brink of ending a championship drought. National championship game from Houston last night. Michigan capping a perfect 15-0 season. Should the Bears strike while the iron's hot? Go out there and grab Jim Harbaugh. That's the question. If you're going to draft a quarterback, you know my preference. I would pair that quarterback with 
an offensive mind. If that's Jim Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, so be it. That's what I would do. I don't think they're going to do that. Do you know he has, a, do. he has a staff of 10 over there? Staff of 10. At the University of Michigan. Is that and a lot of Obviously, some grad assistants right. probably after that, too. I don't know. I, I took a look at uh, Ohio State. Ohio State seemed to have 25. Coaches. I was going to say, yeah. It seemed I mean, like it's a, lot. a smaller but number. But there could be a, a lot of kids. slew of grad assistants out there. Yeah. yeah. Would he bring Sharon Moore with him to be his OC? That's would he, bring, would he hire mark. Greg Roman? That would be a question mark. Which we talked about. Yeah. He's worked with him in the past. All worked questions. With his brother. And what direction that, they, that he would go. All questions. Are the Bears thinking about this? Are they are they are they pulling a a Jed Hoyer? Are they being stealth? The, the Cubs saw an opportunity for a guy who they thought was a difference maker as a manager. Yeah, but the price of poker is fifteen million a year. Yikes! For Jim Harbaugh, that's what it's going to cost. Him. That's what they want to pay him at the University of Michigan. Hot damn! What are you going to do then, boy? I mean, you're re- you basically have restructured the NFL. Coaching pay scale then too. I saw yesterday he's probably going to get seventeen or eighteen million. Oh, there you go. Cow. That's the going rate now. That's the, the is going that right. That, I mean, what's the Peyton statement getting? was is the that... going rate for NFL coaches is seventeen to eighteen million. How now. did it get so high? I thought Peyton was getting like ten. No, is, or is it more than that? I mean, how does it go from? 10? Maybe I'm wrong on what Sean Payton got last year. I thought it was like ten million a year. How does it go from ten to eighteen? Eighteen one? million a year for Sean Payton. Oh, so he is Belichick. making that much. Five Adam? years in the neighborhood yeah. of eighteen million wow. a year. Well, then there you Belichick's go. Belichick's okay. getting twenty million, eighteen million Jesus. for your guy, fifteen million for Carroll. McVay's at fourteen million. Holy cow! I guess I didn't realize it had gone. Tomlin so. twelve and a half million. So crazy. You don't follow it as closely because it doesn't affect the cap. You Harbaugh, know, Harbaugh twelve million. Wow. McDaniel's ten million. No longer there. No longer there. Kyle Shanahan, ten million. There's your deal of the century. Vrabel, nine and a half. Hasta la bye bye. There's you wow. go. Your top Holy ten salaries cow. right there. Man, I guess I didn't realize it had gone so crazy. Price of poker is going. Well, then, the then you're right, Eric. Then you are talking eighteen, twenty million. Yeah. You're uh, like what? You're like what? Yeah. Huh? Now you now your coordinators, your your old, old coordinator and uh, D coordinators are making. Two, two and a half, three million dollars Two, three million. Other good ones probably making, like, what is Dan Quinn making? I bet you Dan Quinn's making four or five million dollars in Dallas, right? Making good money. I bet he is. Uh, All right, let's see here. Where do you want to go, Eric? Whatever you like. Who's been waiting a while? Whatever you like, Carmen. This is Carl in Sugar Grove. What's up, Carl? Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? How you doing? That's That's kind of exactly what my point. You know, this feels like the Cubs a few years ago. They had a manager. A better one became available. They jumped on them. Ultimately, we saw how that turned out. They were contenders for years, won a World Series. And I feel like when you got all the connections to Chicago, he's a run. You know, Michigan was a running team. You got a running quarterback right now. It's almost like, and I'll just say this: when we were kids, you know, you're going to ask the girl to prom, and you're kind of like, "I'm going to take her," but then the prettiest one suddenly becomes single and available. And before you commit to one. You may want to check out the other. And I feel like we got four months to the draft regarding the quarterback, but we're going to know this week where the Bears go with coaching. So thanks yeah, for taking yeah. the call. I appreciate it, gentlemen. All right, Carl. Thank you. If you can up, you upgrade positions, what about upgrading your coach? Did you ever upgrade your date at the prom? Carl? No, I never did that. I, never. Never, I went to one prom and that yeah. was it. You, know? you just asked a girl. She I said asked one yes. Girl, she said yes. There's Nobody some. became available late. <laughs> no. There wasn't a free you do agent. That? No, no, of course not. No. Those gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, never a free agent late coming down the. Never. Down. Somebody that was spurned, break up late. Never. Okay. Never. Never did it like even with. Uh, uh, 
I can't think of a scenario in which I ever did anything like okay. that. Okay. No, never. That's well, good to hear. But if uh, I'm running a team, if I own a team or I'm a GM, I, I might think about it. You know, somebody else that really intrigues me comes along, I think about it. Brian's on the south side. What's up, Brian? Hey, uh, I'd like to hear this the conversation shift or your thoughts on we're looking for McMahon. I mean, we're looking for Mahomes when the last time we were in the Super Bowl, we won one. We had a serviceable quarterback. My man had a good IQ. He had an accurate pass. He wasn't like super, and he's not going to make the Hall of Fame. But we're trying to find Mahomes when we can win with a serviceable quarterback and a good team. And our focus is, I think, in the wrong area. We're trying to find this next Aaron Rodgers when we've never had one. We've never drafted one in the history of Chicago. We go back to Sid Luckman, maybe. But, Jesus, we're... Well, we're, I, I, yeah, I know, Brian, but I, I wouldn't... We need to rethink it. But I wouldn't give up on it, though, Brian, just because they haven't. I, You know, you know it, Brian. You don't want to be the the outlier you want to be you know, look at the quarterback since 2000 that have made the final four it's it's Peyton Manning Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady Tom Brady Ben Roethlisberger uh it, Eli it's, Manning well Eli no we're not too, but I mean we're not yeah I mean you know it's it's Patrick Mahomes it's these it's that's what you want boy how about this doozy yesterday and Waddle and Sylvie speaking of Mahomes I would Every day that we go for Patrick Mahomes, I will say that with my dying breath. Mahomes is a crybaby, and you know what? With the kennel around him, he has not been the same guy, guys. Can you imagine a take like that? Taking Justin Fields over every day over Patrick Mahomes? Can you imagine, like, actually calling up and saying something like that on a sports talk radio show? guys defending Mitch. I would take him every day that we go for Patrick Mahomes. I will say that with my dying breath. Mahomes is a crybaby, and you know what? With the kennel around him, he has not been the same guy, guys. There's still guys defending Mitch. (laughs) I I didn't know you'd get... I I don't know. What do you say? What do you say, Eric? Well, God... I guess I, this is what I say. Penix and J.J. McCarthy, I'm not oh. drafting. Yeah, I don't think I am. Okay, so I think that's safe to say. I got to, you know, and I want to love Penix so much because he's, and, I think and, he knows, I think he's got a great ability to process. He knows what he's looking at. Yeah. I think he's been mostly accurate this year. The arm slot's funky. The injury concern, I think, is right. a little it's real. I, I don't think I'm drafting him. Three either, quarterbacks but. drafted in the first four picks last year. You remember that? Yes. Three quarter, And then uh, Will Levis was the fourth quarterback taken on the second day. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're back in two, three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. We'll be right back.